Welcome to Outdoors Radio with Dan Small, your source for the latest hunting and fishing information. Brought to you by LakeLink, your online fishing resource at lake-link.com. Outdoors Radio is also brought to you by Remy Battery, family-owned and operated since 1931, serving Milwaukee along with Escanaba and Houghton, Michigan. Let's start something. RemyBattery.com. By the Wisconsin Wildlife Federation, grassroots hunting and angling conservationists dedicated to the future of fish, wildlife, clean water, and healthy habitat. WIWF.org. And by the Castle Rock Petenwell Lakes Association, 60 square miles of fun on the water, CastleRock-Petenwell.com. I'm Dan Small. We've got another great show lined up for you this week, so stay right there. Well, folks, it's time now for Madison Outdoors, and you hear this feature each and every week on WTSO, the Big 1070, on our podcast on LakeLink, iHeartRadio, and wherever you get your podcasts. And we record early, although you probably listen to us on WTSO at uh, 6.50 on Saturday morning. Podcasts, you can get us anytime once the show is posted. But we are recording earlier in the week, and it's a sunny day, and I'm talking with... Uh, pro angler Duffy Cup, who is a regular on the show. So Duffy, um, what's it like out there today? It's gorgeous. You would you would pay money to be out here with us today. It really nice. It was very cold early this morning, uh, but we we got on the water about eleven o'clock, and uh, the sun has been out consistently. And it really really is nice out here right now. You really wouldn't have to fish. It's just beautiful to be out here breathing that fresh air. Good, and I understand you might as well not fish uh, based on everything you've done there, right? <laughs> well, Jeff uh, Jeff Crandall is in the boat with me, uh-huh. and uh, he uh, he had a small pike on. We were over on the other other end of the lake. Right now, we're sitting down on the Middleton end. We are down at the other end of the lake and went up went up uh, the river towards Mazinets and around there. And he hooked up on a with a small pike, and he's had a couple of other hits on it swim bait that he's been throwing. I've been throwing uh, spinner baits nice and slow. I've been throwing uh, Berkeley war pigs. I've been throwing uh, uh, been, I even throw a small spoon because I catch a lot of bass on the spoon because bass is the only thing you can catch right now. So uh-huh. That's what we're after and neither one of us are known for our expertise on fishing for bass. Yeah, so <laughs> <laughs> The blind fishing with the blind. Okay, well, um, yeah, that's pretty much it. Yeah. So you're on Mendota, uh, Middleton End, uh, and the river. That kind of tells me where you are. And other listeners might be scratching their head if they're not from Madison. But um, so, what are the water temps there on Mendota? Well, right now I'm looking down at my uh, sonar unit, and uh, I've got a little bit over 40 degrees here. And what we have done is we have spent part of the time fishing and part of the time just scouting things out. And it's a good thing we did because we found, uh, I'll, I'll let you know, in on the secret here, although it didn't really work, but uh, for later on in a couple of weeks, it's going to be a good thing to know. But we have gone through uh, the Ohio River as you go up uh, where uh, 113 goes over that little bridge. We started fishing there, and the water was considerably warmer. It was 44, 45 degrees. And then uh, we work our way down, and then right here on the Middleton end, there's a little creek that comes in, and it, we hit. We went up to the end of that creek, and uh, it was almost 50 degrees. So, wow. big, you know, a 10 degree difference is is huge. Yeah. Uh, the only problem with with that creek is there's no weeds or anything in it yet, so there's really no reason for uh, for fish to be in there. Uh huh. Well, now uh, you you started on the Yahara up where 113 crosses. That's Northport yeah, Drive or the, the extension. Water, the water is still, I'm guessing, a minimum, if not more, but a minimum of foot down from where it should be. I'll be darned. Okay. Now, you can't take a big boat all the way up the river, but I, I don't know this, so I'll ask you and see if you know. Where does the Yahara River start? Well, the Ahara River, you go outside the forest and keep going north up there. Uh, it, it goes, it's actually quite a, quite a ways that Yahara River goes. And, uh, it's, it's kind of a neat little river. Uh, the, 
there's some people up there outside the forest that have done a good job in cleaning up a bunch of it. There's a little pond out there just uh, south of the forest where it is a pond and they stock it and it's uh, fishing just for kids. Mm -hmm. I've worked a couple of events there with some of those people. Uh, the Ohio Fishing Club uh, helps out with that. And uh, it's, it's really, really a nice area. And now that people are able to get in there and pull out some of the dead wood and some of the other stuff that gets caught up in there that uh, uh, slows down the flow, then uh, it's good. Although, really, still a lot of silt on the Ohio River as you're going. If you get uh, three and a half, four feet as you're going up, as we did today, uh, that's about as deep as it's going to get. Aha, uh -huh. okay. Um, is there any fishing way up there on the river? Well, there are guys that will go under that bridge where 113 goes over. Yeah. And uh, then on the other side, there's some guys fishing from shore right there. And, you know, I mean, a lot of times they're catching crappies. That's what they go up there for. Uh, to do that, uh, we put in at Marshall Park. Uh -huh. And there's a, a big pond there. And there were two guys this morning when we put the boat in that were fishing for crappies over there. Okay. So crappies are the name of the game once that water starts to warm a little bit. Yeah. Well, uh, you mentioned uh, uh, Warner Park, I think you said. Uh, how are the landings? What shape are they in? Uh, right now, everything looks uh, very, very good. Uh, I'd be uh, on Monona. I'm going to be very curious to see how Oldbrook looked because in the middle of the winter, it was like... <laughs> Uh, there's no way you could ever, ever get a boat in unless you had a canoe and you'd have to slide it about uh, 25 yards to get it into the water. So we still need water. Uh, this is uh, early in the week, and uh, later on this week we're supposed to get a bunch of rain, which would be good. But we need some consistency to the, to the pattern. Of and uh, as I look forward into this next week, uh, not going to be a lot of warm weather going on. A lot of high 40s for highs during the day where the the average this time of year is about 60 degrees for a high. So yep. we're still going to be in a little bit of a cold spell. Yeah. Are you going to be a weather forecaster now? Uh, no, I'm not. But I do keep my eye on that a lot, especially this time of the year and then later in the fall. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, you know, you mentioned the water level and, and the landings. Um, I think the last time I was on Monona was during that flood event several years ago, and uh, this was in the spring. You couldn't tell where the ramp was uh, because it was all underwater. Uh, but that changes um, with the fluctuation of the uh, of the river and the outflow, and and, and it's partially man controlled, but partially not, right? Well, and and you know we put in at Marshall Park, and it's. Uh, the docks are in and everything, and it works like normal, but as you come through that little channel, as you come out into uh, Lake Mendota, you're still you're still looking at three and a half feet of water and not a whole lot more than that. Yeah, yeah, okay. You hear anything from the other lakes? I haven't heard. I haven't heard a word from, from anybody. I don't know if there's a lot of people out there right now. Of course, now the only thing you can do is go after, after bass or panfish. Yeah. Uh, and if you are going out, uh, if you're not familiar with the rule, people that are listening, uh, starting April 1st and going through the opening opening weekend, you can fish for bass on the inland lakes, but it's all catch and release. Uh-huh. And you can legally fish for them, not that people in the past haven't occasionally cast a bigger bait than, than what you'd fish for bluegills. Oh, I find that hard to believe. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Okay. Well, uh, any events coming up? Any club events or uh, Muskie's Inc. Uh, chapter? Yeah, we do. Uh, the second second Saturday in uh, in May, once the season is open, we have the Capital City runs the state youth Muskie tournament. Oh yeah, I remember that one. Uh, we, yeah, we get well, yeah we get some a lot of boats out there. And then, uh, or the, excuse me, that's in June, the second Saturday in June. Oh, okay. The second Saturday in in May is the uh, the big casting for kids 
tournament to raise money for kids' cancer research and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Mark Gosecki, who is uh, uh, assistant hockey coach at the University of Wisconsin, he runs that, and that's really going to be big this year. Uh, in fact, they moved where we're going to go to the uh, exposition center at um, where the Lions Center uh, is off the off the uh, Beltline. Yep. Cool. So they're expecting probably over 100 boats. Wow. Okay. Well, Duffy, we're going to let you go. I'll let you and Jeff get back to your fishing, and I hope your luck uh, turns a little better now that you're near the end of the day when it's the warmest part of the day. That might make a difference. It is. Jeff's laying in the back of the boat sleeping, so. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, wake him up. Yell fish on or something. Oh, yeah. He'll, he'll get up. <clears throat> All right. Well, thanks, Duffy. Okay, Dan, we'll see you. You bet. Duffy Cuff with the Madison Outdoors Report, such as it is right now. Uh, not a lot going on on the Madison chain, but more uh, reports coming up on Outdoors Radio. If you're ever in a motor vehicle accident, call Hupie and Abraham, named best personal injury law firm by the Wisconsin Law Journal year after year. The firm of Hupie and Abraham has collected more than a billion dollars for its clients. In fact, they collect millions of dollars every month for hundreds of satisfied clients. Call the firm voted best and rated best, Hupie and Abraham, 800-800-5678 or visit com. And all 11 offices of Hupie and Abraham are open for business. And also open for business, the bee business now is <laughs> Jeff Kelm. I'm reaching him in Wisconsin Rapids as usual, so you're into beehive mode now, right? I am, yeah. I'm getting swarm traps up. That'll be kind of the first thing we look into uh, this year. And, uh, you know, swarm traps, I'm not, you know, the term trap, I almost don't like that versus like bait hive. Uh, mm -hmm. But uh, um, bees naturally swarm when they uh, reproduce. And so uh, we're looking in the next month or so, swarms leaving natural cavities and other people's hives and um, looking to capitalize on catching some of those and giving them a proper home. That's, you know, we're not trying to take them out of the environment. What we're trying to do is give them really a better environment because, uh, you know, they find themselves in the places they shouldn't be. Somebody's, you know, side of a shed or, yep. uh, uh, in a tree hollow that really isn't going to support them through the winter, but they don't know that in, in May and June, you know? Yeah. Now you can't tag bees can you so there's no way of knowing whose bees they might be if they were you know if they left another hive right the only the only thing you could do is if you find the queen you would know if it's a uh if it's a manufactured queen if she was marked hmm. um because uh, uh queens that you purchase uh through other queen breeders and things like that they'll mark the queen uh, with a paint pen on her thorax. Oh, and okay. so you would know, you know, uh, that she was, you know, uh, she was bred specifically for uh, manufactured hives. So um, if you don't see that, that doesn't mean she wasn't, but uh, chances are she was, uh, she's a feral queen. And no way to find a former owner if there was one. So no, just, no, he just wouldn't know. No, you take advantage of that, and uh, and your bees may leave and go to somebody else's hive. That's exactly right. Yeah, yeah, we kind of all exchange bees sometimes. Yep. Interesting. Okay. <laughs> well, that keeps things interesting. We'll talk more about your bees and about uh, what folks can do to uh, assist uh, the pollinators that uh, honeybees and and other insects are. Maybe in another week or so, mm -hmm. but uh, sure. in our world, wood ducks are back. You know, almost every year, gosh, I think for the last 10 years since we've been here, <clears throat> the 8th to the 12th of May is when I start seeing a pair of wood ducks, and <laughs> sure enough, on the 10th, I jumped a flock of six or eight on our little creek and then flushed a pair later, and I've flushed a pair every day since, and this was, uh, yeah, Monday the 10th, so uh, it's cool to see them back. And, uh, yeah. <clears throat> Interesting that, um, you know, the phenology of uh, the time interval of animals uh, doing whatever they do throughout the year uh, seems to be right on target here. Yeah. And speaking yeah. of target, our, our farm intern, Ozzy, shot a turkey last Saturday morning in Crawford County. He was uh, uh, on a hunt with the Hunt for Food group, coordinated by our friend John Motoviloff. There were eight novice hunters. He was the only one who got a bird. And... Uh, I was very happy for him, and uh, the others saw birds but just didn't get, uh, I guess a couple had shots, but nobody else got one. 
And uh, he's got a nice 17-pound uh, jake, and we've been uh, eating it, and we're going to be uh, having uh, probably half a dozen meals out of that in the next uh, few weeks. That's yeah. awesome. And <clears throat> we found out when he went to buy his turkey permit, his license, he's got a Zone 1 tag, so it looks like I'll be hunting next week. <laughs> cool. Yeah, call in yeah. for him. That's awesome. Absolutely. Well, um, next Friday, April 22nd, is Earth Day. Uh, there are plenty of work play Earth Day events at state parks around the state. Uh, go to dnr.wi.gov for more information. And next Saturday is National Trails Day. Uh, Railstotrails.org is where you can find more information on that. And you can make a difference for the future of hunting, fishing, and healthy habitat by joining the Wisconsin Wildlife Federation, WIWF.org. Add your support to one of the most active and growing grassroots networks right here in Wisconsin. The Wildlife Federation welcomes individuals, businesses, clubs, and alliances, groups who want to do what's right for fish, wildlife, and the people who rely on access to healthy natural resources. Join today at WIWF.org. Well, coming up, Charter Captain and Hunting Guide Eric Molson talks about his experiences with severe weather events, this time on the Mississippi River. Tick Terminator Brian Anderson comes back to remind us that tick season is here, and he's got tips to help prevent tick bites. And we'll kick things off with another Lake Michigan fishing report from Captain Dumper Dan Welsh. All that and more straight ahead on Outdoors Radio. Castle Rock and Petenwell are two of Wisconsin's largest inland lakes. With more than 60 square miles of water, they offer four seasons of outdoor fun. Halfway between the Twin Cities and Chicago, and just minutes from Wisconsin Rapids and the Dells, you'll enjoy family-friendly resorts and campgrounds, great fishing, bike trails, county, state, and national parks, and the Nesita National Wildlife Refuge. Learn more at castlerock-petenwell.com or on Facebook at Castle Rock Petenwell Lakes Association. Get outside and let us be your guide. Lawrence County, Wisconsin. Are you looking for a safe Northwoods destination for outdoor recreation? Florence County has over 200,000 acres of uncrowded public land with 160 miles of wooded ATV trails, many lakes and rivers to fish or paddle, seven wild river waterfalls to hike to, horse trails with campgrounds, and friendly bars and restaurants. Go to the ExploreFlorenceCounty.com lodging, dining, and recreation tabs to plan your trip. Enjoy the ultimate shooting experience at the Range of Richfield, your one-stop shop for all shooters. Just north of the Richfield Cabela's store on Helson Drive, the Range of Richfield offers 12 state-of-the-art 25-yard indoor shooting lanes for all pistol and common rifle loads. Classes in home defense, basic handgun and concealed carry, a retail shop, trophy mount display, and more in a welcoming, family-friendly setting. Open daily except Monday to the public and members. Your ultimate shooting experience, therangewi.com. For the nonprofit Ruffed Grouse Society, the well-being of the Ruffed Grouse and American Woodcock is a special priority. But the Society's conservation work benefits more than just these two game birds. The organization's programs help a long list of other young forest wildlife, including songbirds that must have thick, brushy habitat to survive. For more information about forest wildlife habitat management, contact the Ruffed Grouse Society toll-free at 888-JOIN. RGS. Welcome back to Outdoors Radio with Dan Small. Welcome back to Outdoors Radio. I'm Dan Small. It's time now for an update on Lake Michigan fishing in the Sheboygan area. And this is, of course, sponsored by Dumper Dan Sport Fishing Charters, Condos, and Riverfront Store right there on South Pier Drive in Sheboygan and on the web at DumperDan.com. And he's also got a Facebook page, Dumper Dan Sport Fishing Charters. And joining us from Sheboygan, once again, we're going to do this every other week now throughout the spring and summer, is Captain Dan Welch, Dumper Dan himself. Well, Dan, thanks a lot for joining us again. You betcha. Hello, Dan. Hey, um, are your boats in yet? People always ask that, right? <laughs> <laughs> I know they do, and then when they do see them in, they feel summer is here. So, And that's what it looks like on the riverfront when our boats and all the other boats start uh, tying up to their slips and docks here on the Sheboygan Riverfront. But we are going in shortly. Um, we are ready to go. We're just, uh, like I said, uh, waiting, uh, mentioned last time, waiting for a break in the weather. 
Now, spring is in the air today, Dan. It's 62 degrees in Sheboygan, uh, but two days ago it was 32 degrees. So just waiting for a little more stable weather, less wind. We'll be going in here very quickly uh, within the next week or so. Um, we'll be putting the whole fleet of dumper dan boats in the water. We have bookings shortly after that here in the month of April, so we will be on the water and uh, running trips in April here out of the Port of Sheboygan. Okay, good. Well, now you do have something going on in the water if your boats aren't in yet. We talked last time about these net pens for a young Chinook salmon. Are are those deployed, and have you got baby fish in them? No, we do, Dan. Uh, good question. And uh, the DNR did come down with their big tanker truck, um, and what they did is they... Um, they brought us um, 50,000 actually was the number, a um, little less than what I mentioned last time, but it was right at about 50,000 Chinook or King Salmon. Um, they brought down to the dock, and we put them in two net pens. We put 25,000 in each. Um, they have a chute that comes right out of the truck, a tube. Uh, they tip the, the truck up so the fish flow right out the tube and right into the pens, uh, and then we lock the covers tight on top. Um, it's all, you know, mesh all the way around, so, you know, water can flow through it, but the fish cannot get out, and they stay right in them two net pens here for a few weeks. Now, that same uh, DNR tanker truck had another 50,000 chook salmon that they took up to Kohler Dam, um, and they released them right at the dam. And normally, Dan, they don't go that far up the river, but this year they thought that maybe with the net pens where we have them now, they would go all the way up as far as they could to the first dam at Kohler, hoping that them salmon come back to our river system and really get accustomed to the Sheboygan River so they come back and spawn, which would be in four years. So between that and the net pens, you know, hopefully we have a really, really good return of these 100,000 Chinook salmon here in the future. Wow, that's exciting. Um, yeah, they, they typically return to wherever they were hatched or wherever they were first planted in the case of hatchery fish. Although, I don't know, it's it's not 100%. It's uh, more than 50% typically do, though. So you should have a good bunch of them. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking, and that's what they're thinking as well. So I, I think all in all, it's going to be very good. And um, now these net pens, we, we haven't decided we're going to play the weather a little bit when we release these fish, if we're going to release them where they're currently at, um, or if we're going to actually pull them out beyond the pier heads of the Sheboygan Harbor right before dark uh, with a couple smaller boats that we're going to use to uh, motor these fish out uh, with. So we're not sure uh, which route we're going to go yet, but the DNR is going to kind of dictate and help us uh, with this project on what they feel is best, and uh, and we'll, we'll move accordingly. But right now we're feeding the fish. We feed them uh, twice a day is what we're supposed to do, and we have to weigh all the food, and we have to take uh, uh, oxygen level um, um, of the water with a sensor meter system that we have of what the oxygen level is each day. And then we also have to monitor, Dan, the, uh, the temperature of the river water. So we do that every day. We write it down. We do report that daily back to the DNR um, along with the feeding. So they stay in contact with us on, on keeping these fish healthy. And we have to do this twice a day. And we have a lot of volunteers from the Sheboygan Area Great Lakes Sport Fishing Club that are helping with this, a lot of volunteers, and everybody's been awesome to work with. Everybody's excited to do this, and it's going to be great for the future of our Port of Sheboygan. Oh, that's cool. Now, how big are these little guys right now? They're pretty small, actually. Uh, we didn't measure any of them, but I'm guessing they were about four inches small when I saw them come out <laughs> of the tube and, and into the net pen, so they're... They're pretty tiny. It's, I'm looking at these fish going, I can't believe they get up to 30 pounds in four years, but they yeah, do. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, now you got uh, uh, a full surround mesh uh, on the pens and a tight cover. Do you have other security? Are you concerned about, uh, uh, you know, predators getting in there or anything? Well, yeah, we do. It's a good question, too, Dan. And I, I installed a couple of cameras. Um, I got some text-to-phone cameras right to my phone. Uh, two of them and two surveillance cameras as well. So we have the area covered as far as, you know, any minks or raccoons or anything that might be prowling around at night that might, you know, try and get into these pens. So we have the area covered quite well. Um, so, yeah, that's definitely don't want anything to happen there. And, and so far it's been great. And there's been people, you know, keeping an eye on the pens throughout the day and then the cameras take over at night. And, uh, 
and we're there quite a bit, so we're keeping a close eye on what's going on, and we don't hold these fish that long, so I mean, it's not like this is a couple-month project, it's only a couple weeks, and oh, then we, okay. we release them and pull the pens back out of the water, we power spray them, clean them down, and, and we're going to store them inside, so they stay... Uh, so they stay in great shape over the years here by having inside summer storage too for these pens. They are on wheels, so we can move them around once we get them out of the water. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I saw you. You, you sent me some uh, photos of uh, installing them. I took a crane, and I imagine because they got they're big and bulky, and I imagine pretty heavy too. Yeah, they are, but they they move pretty easily. And, and Brad out at uh, Wisconsin Plastics Company in Plymouth, Brad uh, uh, made designed and made both of these pens and. And just, just a great job. I mean, just an nice. awesome job on these. And the lid systems and everything on them are top-notch. And, you know, aluminum, you know, they're built out of. And, um, yeah, so we're pretty, you know, excited about the whole project. It'll it'll bring better fishing to Sheboygan. And, I mean, besides the Kings, you know, the Chinook 2, Dan, or, you know, the DNR planting steelhead, uh, coho, brown trout uh, as well here in Sheboygan, too. Yeah. Well, uh, let's talk about the fishing. Is anybody fishing right now? You usually have browns going uh, this early in the year, don't you? Yeah, the browns are starting to go. Um, a couple of my first mates and captains have been out here and there periodically, you know, depending on the weather um, and getting out and fishing. Um, now, the boat docks at Harbor Center Marina, at our big marina in Sheboygan, are in, in now, so you can... You want to take your boat out, you can safely get in and out with the piers being in now and take advantage of it, get out there. Shallow water fishing, you want to stay 30 feet of water or less up north by the golf course has been still been the best. Um, off Whistling Straits in like 10 to 15, 20 feet of water for brown trout, some lake trout, occasional salmon here and there, but there have been some nice fish caught and some of these browns are, you know, running in the teens for size, you know, mm-hmm. 15, 14, 16 pounds. So. Yep. So there's there's some good fish to be had. Get out there when the weather's good and warm and the winds are in the right direction, and I'm sure you'll land a few nice ones. All right. Well, before we let you go, uh, how do folks reach you? And uh, and you, I assume you got openings because it's real early in the year. Yeah, we do. I mean, June's filling up fast. I'm at about 80% full in June already, but July and August are about 50%. Uh, we are running quite a few trips in May, too which we have openings late April, May, if you want to cash in on this brown trout fishing spring fishery. But call me at 920-377-1147. Uh, you'll talk to me direct, Upper Dan. I'll take your reservation, answer all your questions. Um, and in the meantime, if you want to check out our website, all the current rates are on there, dumperdan.com, or our Facebook page is always busy, Dumper Dan Sport Fishing Charters on Facebook. You can also text me, 920-377-1147 as well. All right. Well, Dan, thanks so much. We will talk to you again in two weeks. You bet. Sounds good, Dan. Take care. Thank you. You bet. Dumper Dan himself, uh, Dumper Dan Sport Fishing Charters of Sheboygan. As he mentioned, his website is DumperDan.com. He's got a Facebook page with a lot of neat photos, and he actually posts this interview each time we do it uh, on that page as well. So you can listen to it again. And uh, we'll talk to him in two more weeks. I'm Dan Small. You are listening to Outdoors Radio. Listen to more Outdoors Radio online at dansmalloutdoors.com. Welcome back to your source for the latest hunting and fishing information. Outdoors Radio with Dan Small. Welcome back to Outdoors Radio. I'm Dan Small. The Wisconsin Wildlife Federation is a group of grassroots conservation organizations and individuals dedicated to the future of fish, wildlife, clean water, and healthy habitat. Their website is wiwf.org. And over the next several months, we've been doing it already for a few weeks now, but we will be talking with people from all over Wisconsin to get their stories of their experiences with recent severe weather events. And joining us now to uh, tell us another story, or several maybe, is Captain Eric Molson. He's a hunting and fishing guide. He operates Muddy Miss Guide Service on the Mississippi River, and he also hunts uh, geese in Missouri, I think he told me. And he's uh, got a charter boat on Lake Michigan under Blackfin Charters. So uh, Eric gets around. He's also become a goat uh, rancher. <laughs> We've been talking goats off air here and having a good time. Eric, good uh, talking with you. Thanks for joining us. 
You bet. So, uh, what weather events have you seen that have changed in recent years? That's the theme of this of this series, and I know you got some stories. Yeah, I uh, well, to be quite honest with you, at this point, I don't remember what normal weather even is anymore. It seems like in the fall we're going from one extreme to another, from one year to another. And I mean, two seasons ago, I was froze off the Mississippi by mid-November or at least to the point where there wasn't that great of a huntable number of birds. And last year we didn't really see the good numbers of birds until uh, just about Thanksgiving. And, you know, of course, here in Wisconsin we're getting pretty much to the end of season by that point. And, um, yeah, and then I know last summer too, um, well, pretty much through the whole summer we kept getting plagued with storms and strong winds over on Lake Michigan. And I don't quote me on this, but I think we canceled 170-some trips. Wow. Uh, when we were working for Dumper last year, I yep. mean, which was uh, more than he's ever canceled in the history of his business. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's definitely, definitely going from, uh, bad to worse, it seems like. Uh, this spring, snow goose hunting, we, you know, we started off, uh, first part of the last weekend in February, it was 70 degrees the whole week. We thought for sure we were just gonna pound them when they started rolling and then that went from that to six inches of snow and back down into the 30s and and it just kind of stayed that way for the good portion of the season it it trapped a lot of birds in certain areas um just just made for a really really difficult hunting situation this spring and and uh yeah about the only good hunting i i what i considered really good hunting last fall was uh out in nebraska on the missouri river um we, we did have a really exceptional December out there. Um, we, we put together a, like a, like a 26 bird average every day out there. So, um, but other than that, last year on the Mississippi, the boat average for my boat was just shy of 12 birds a day, which is about six to seven birds less a day than what I normally average in a season. Mm-hmm. So, did you see uh, a, a, a different uh, uh, mix of species last year or in recent years coming down the Mississippi? Yeah, we did. You know, about uh, about probably 70 years ago or so, the, we we started seeing good numbers of buffleheads in late October. Mm-hmm. Um, to the to, to the point where we were we were actually shooting pretty much limits of buffleheads daily for through October. So it was a real target friendly environment, you know, in late October with with the bufflehead shooting. And uh, last year was the the first year in the last seven years where we just really didn't see those species at all but but we had more mallards last year early or in late october um than we normally do which kind of made up and filled the gap a little bit but uh i mean primarily i'm out there to diver hunt um i will chase the puddle ducks if you know if the divers aren't around yet um but uh you know when i go out i'm i'm focused on pretty much cans and bluebills and ringnecks buffleheads that kind of stuff um but i won't pass on a I won't pass on the opportunity to shoot stacks of greenheads either. No. <laughs> and last year, I last year I I had one of my better mallard seasons that I've had probably in the last ten years. Uh-huh. So it was that was encouraging. Yeah. Well, you you know you've kind of answered my next question in part. Uh, what do you do when things change? You adapt and and uh, you know if nature won't give you uh, cans that you shoot mallards and nobody's going to complain about that. Uh, are there other adapt- other adaptations that you uh, have had to make or that you found that work for you? Yeah, I mean, as far as the birds go, yeah. Well, I mean, when I when I move up to to Fairville for the season, um, I pretty much bring my entire arsenal of decoys, um, it, and I will target exactly what's there on that given day. One, one of the one of the blessings that you have with, with being a a guide is you're, you're I mean I'm on the water pretty much the entire 60 days of regular season mm-hmm. so I, I know what's there from one day to the next and I know how to adjust how I'm hunting and what I'm hunting you know pretty pretty accurately um, so you know it's, it's a huge advantage to have and last year that was one of the things when we started up there uh, in, in late October I noticed right away was we didn't we didn't have our normal divers that we usually had, so we immediately switched gears and went after the gadwall and the pintails and the and the mallards. And fortunately, there was some some new wild rice that showed up in Pool Nine last year, which which made for some excellent puddle duck hunting in late October. Some some of the best I've seen in a long time. Uh huh. So, uh, do you think that's a trend that you're going to see continue? I mean, nobody, you know, you'd be guessing, I suppose, but. Uh, what what are you what are you anticipating for this season? 
You know, it's hard to say. This year we're 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 being rattled with another issue, and that's this bird flu. Yes. Um, yes. That's re- really did. A, it's really doing a number on a lot of birds, and it's not just waterfowl. It's uh, I, um, I I do a lot of sorting in the spring through a lot of dead birds when I'm out on the river picking up garbage and whatnot. And this year, the the number of dead birds that were washed up on shore, it, it was way more. Than, than what we normally see. Uh, the one day I sorted through several hundred dead waterfowl birds, just checking for you know bands and that kind of stuff. Uh-huh. And um, I came across a, a lot of dead blue herons, uh, nine to be exact. Wow. Um, th- there was a dead bald eagle out there too, which you know not necessarily meant bird flu, but you know it, it just seems this year. I mean, it's affecting everything, and I mean even to the poultry production in oh, yeah. the state of Wisconsin. Oh yeah getting hit really hard so so we're gonna have to make some adjustments next year you know i don't at this point nobody really knows how how severe of an impact it's going to be on the waterfall or waterfowl but we're coming off of a bad hatch year too last year with the drought out in the dakotas it made it you know a lot more difficult for the for the young hatchlings to survive um i personally felt last year that a lot of numbers were down on a lot of different species just from my own observation um, the, the diver, the diver hatch seemed good last year, uh, shot a lot of juvenile cans last year. So there was definitely, definitely a, a good hatch for the cans, but the, the teal, I noticed it in the teal, there wasn't as many blue wings around as normal. Um, you know, and some of that could just be the year. Um, it was a warm fall last year. So a lot of stuff moved down more in a trickle migration pattern. Mm-hmm. Um, you just got some, some new birds kind of on a daily basis, but no real great numbers at any point of the season you know it was there was no feast or famine last year it was just kind of a consistent you were going to shoot about 12 birds a day yeah you know that was just kind of the kind of the consistent number and i'm averaging that across the the boat you know with four guns okay um so so not 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 outstanding but certainly not not poor hunting either yeah you know yeah yeah well i guess you know you mentioned uh the avian flu and that's really the scariest thing i guess because it's unknown it can spread through uh wildlife populations and domestic and you know we all have heard of uh the chicken flocks that have been destroyed because i don't know how many of them got sick but you've got to apparently destroy the whole flock i know the owner of the the uh, farm in uh in uh uh, the eastern part of the state who lost 2.7 million birds. You can't do that every year and, and, and survive. And, you know, I've got 75 chickens and they run around wherever they want to go. And, you know, they seem healthy, but we're watching them. Uh, what else can we do? Yeah, I know this spring snow goose hunt. Of course, this isn't the first time we've had bird flu, right. you know, move through uh, fowl populations. But uh, this year I definitely noticed a lot more dead, dead and dying snow geese. Um, yeah, I hunt. I hunt water. Uh, I have a lease in Southwest Iowa. That's a, a 35-acre marsh, uh, natural wetlands, and um, it, it houses a lot of uh, migrating birds overnight. And I, I can't. I mean, there's almost every morning when we'd get down there to our pit, uh, there'd be there'd be there'd be dead or dying birds in the decoys. You yeah. know that they 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 spent the night on the water and and they were there were sick birds among them and and they when they left in the morning when we got there they they left their sick behind and yeah i there we probably threw out 50 to 60 dead birds throughout the season that were either dead or dying you know on the water of course then the concern is can it get into your dogs yeah you know do i really want my dogs retrieving these things and then and i did allow my dogs to retrieve the birds that we you know harvested um but but we didn't allow them to retrieve the you know obviously the dead ones that were yeah. that were sick. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I, you know as far as looking forward, yeah, you gotta you definitely have that's probably the most important thing, especially the way the weather's been here the last five six seasons. You gotta be ready to change your game plan almost on a daily basis because it can be. 70 degrees one day and 30 the next, and and there's just not been a real consistent pattern to the weather the last. Like I said, I'm to the point now where I don't even hardly remember what normal falls look like yeah. anymore because yeah. it's just it's just so sporadic. Yeah. Well, you know, we won't use the word normal, but let's hope you have a good <laughs> uh, spring-summer <laughs> season and uh, and a good fall when that rolls around. I certainly appreciate you sharing your observations, and, uh, you know, it's an interesting series. We're getting stories from uh, charter captains, a lady ran a canoe service, uh, and now your, your experience on the Mississippi... Uh, 
really uh, eye-opening stories from around the state. So thanks so much. Absolutely, Dan. I appreciate you having me. You bet. Captain Eric Molson of Blackfin Charters on Lake Michigan and Muddy Miss Guide Service. We've talked mostly about his experience on the Mississippi. And this is brought to you by the Wisconsin Wildlife Federation, a group of grassroots conservation organizations and individuals dedicated to the future of fish, wildlife, clean water, and healthy habitat. Their website is WIWF.org. I'm Dan Small. More Outdoors Radio right after this. Here's a message from our friends at Remy Battery in Milwaukee, Escanaba, and Houghton. As Remy Battery enters the 90th anniversary of our company, we want to thank all of our customers and friends we have made over the years. Thank you for your continued support to our local, family-owned company. We invite you to our newly remodeled Milwaukee retail store on the corner of 43rd Street and Lincoln Avenue. We have batteries from the largest military crafts to the smallest hearing aids. Big and small, we have them all. Stop in for a free battery and electrical check before you hit the road, trails, or the waters. Don't forget to ask your sales representatives about volume pricing. Call Remy at 414-384-0340 or visit online at remybattery.com for all your battery and battery accessory needs. For the nonprofit Ruffed Grouse Society, the well-being of the Ruffed Grouse and American Woodcock is a special priority. But the Society's conservation work benefits more than just these two game birds. The organization's programs help a long list of other young forest wildlife, including songbirds that must have thick, brushy habitat to survive. For more information about forest wildlife habitat management, contact the Ruffed Grouse Society toll-free at 888-JOIN-RGS. April showers bring new Rapala rain gear. Hey, I'm Tony Roach with Rapala. When I'm on the water, I wear my Rapala rain gear and I say, let it rain. Just in time for spring, we're teaming up with the Outdoor News to give away the best rain gear in the industry. Between now and the end of April, you can win a full set of Rapala rain or Rapala rain pro gear. We will give away four full sets per week in April. To enter, just click on the contest tab at OutdoorNews.com. Enjoy the ultimate shooting experience at the Range of Richfield, your one-stop shop for all shooters. Just north of the Richfield Cabela's store on Helson Drive, the Range of Richfield offers 12 state-of-the-art 25-yard indoor shooting lanes for all pistol and common rifle loads. Classes in home defense, basic handgun and concealed carry, a retail shop, trophy mount display, and more in a welcoming, family-friendly setting. Open daily except Monday to the public and members. Your ultimate shooting experience, therangewi.com. Welcome back to your source for the latest hunting and fishing information. Outdoors Radio with Dan Small. Thanks for joining us on Outdoors Radio. I'm Dan Small. You know, it's been a really strange spring so far, at least here in southwestern Wisconsin. Uh, we've had major weather shifts from summer-like 70s to snow and below freezing days and then warm again. And up north, I understand there's still snow on the ground, but springtime is tick season. And joining us now to talk about ticks and what we can do about them is Brian Anderson. He's known as the Tick Terminator. And in fact, his website is the TickTerminator.com. He hails from Iron Mountain in Michigan's Upper Peninsula, and we talk to him just about every year about this time. Well, Brian, welcome back, and thanks for joining us on the Outdoors Radio Network. Well, Dan, as usual, thanks for having me again. It's always a pleasure talking to you uh, about ticks and just uh, hunting and outdoor stuff. It's always fun. Yeah, well, we were joking uh, before we started recording that uh, you're, you're not a tick lover, but you, uh, you, you know, you make a living uh, or a part of a living off of them, and, uh, you know, it, they're, they're an important part of your life, and unfortunately for most hikers and turkey hunters and trout fishermen and uh, people who live in the country, they're an important part of their life as well. Um Absolutely. Yeah. Are, are you seeing ticks already up there? You probably still got snow, don't you, up in the UP? Our our snow is just starting to uh, go away. I mean, uh, we didn't definitely have snow in the woods yet. Uh, I was raking part of my lawn here just uh, yesterday, uh-huh. and I know it's another another little part of it I can finish today because there's still some snow in it, but not a whole lot. But it, it's 
it's, it's starting to feel like spring. Finally, it's 50 degrees today, man. We're happy with that. Yeah. Well, great. Well, now, with the variable weather that I mentioned at the outset here, what kind of impact does that have on, uh, I know it's not going to kill the ticks, but on their presence in the woods or, or the fact that we should, you know, watch out for them under certain circumstances? Oh, definitely. They, they are starting to uh, get ready to come out, that's for sure. Typically around 32 to 40 degrees is where they start, you know, kind of, we'll call it kind of waking up and uh, coming out. Uh, so they can definitely be, I mean, animals are going to get them easier than we would at this point mm-hmm. because vegetation hasn't grown up yet, and that's typically where they get on first, the vegetation, so they can get onto us, you know, and get on our pants. Yeah. Uh, but I, t- I t- tell people, you know, uh, People are looking for sheds, you know, for deer deer horns, oh, for yeah. uh, 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 mushrooms, things like that. I mean, remember, you're hunting for those, but sometimes you are the hunted also, you know, as far as the tick goes. You know, they'd be looking for for you for a blood meal. You don't want that. <laughs> yeah, sure. absolutely. In fact, uh, you know, I just I just remembered now it was uh, yesterday morning, I think, or this morning, my wife took a tick off of... Uh, we have uh, one of our neighbors, uh, and I'm not going to name him because he knows who he is. <laughs> He's got a beautiful uh, uh, gray cat that comes and visit us now and then. And uh, uh, she pulled a tick off of him with uh, tick pliers, and that was a deer tick, and it was engorged. So it was a female. It was uh, pretty fat, and they're not as big as wood ticks. So there's a difference for sure. Um, and we destroyed it. Uh, we gave him a short trip to the wood fire, to the wood stove. So. Uh, Good for you. Yeah, but what, besides pulling them off of you when they get on you, what can we do to prevent that in the first place? Well, I'm a big proponent in, uh, if you can stay away from them, but that's impossible because, I mean, your audience and myself, we like being in the woods. Yeah. So the best the best thing I say is you know, protect yourself, and uh, what I use is, is a product called Permithrin, yep. which is wonderful. It's, uh, I use it, I mean, I just treated my clothes actually yesterday, and I treat them for about three months at a time uh, because of the concentrate that I use with this uh, permethrin. I shake it up, spray it on the clothes. I was just outdoors in the yard spraying it on there. And the uh, nice thing about permethrin, it, it sticks to the fabric of the clothes and even stays uh, effective through several washings, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's not a daily application. And the cool thing about it is that uh, ticks, uh, do not like it at all. When they start crawling on, let's say, my pants that are, or shoes or whatever that are uh, treated with permethrin, every step to them feels like an electric grid and drives their nervous system nuts. Huh. Uh, I've actually watched them fall off from me before because it's affected them so much. Uh, but at the end of the day, you have a heck of a lot less ticks on you. I mean, it dramatically cuts them back. Yeah. And, and uh, turkey hunters right now, oh, my gosh. Of all the hunting groups of people out there, I can't imagine anything more susceptible to ticks than a turkey hunter because they're out there in the spring of the year, sitting normally on the ground in tick habitat. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So uh, they need the permethrin more than any other hunting group that I can think of. They all need them, but that's the worst, you know. Yep. Uh, Springtime. Yep. Uh, a young fellow who uh, lives with us and, and works for us, Ozzy, uh, was turkey hunting this past weekend uh, on a learn-to-hunt event, and part of the deal, they gave them uh, permethrin to uh, spray on their clothes. So, yeah, turkey hunters here are aware of it. I, I treat my clothes before season for sure. Now, you sell, uh, the, the permethrin is available in a variety of different products, but you sell a concentrate, don't you? Yeah, we actually sell the only concentrate on the market. Uh, most permethrin that you get, or all permethrin that you get, Let's say from the store, uh, if you get it in a little aerosol can, it's going to say it's good for, you know, a couple weeks. Or if you buy, buy the uh, uh, other kind where it's kind of a water base and it says it's good for six weeks. Yep. Well, ours, ours is extremely cost effective. It pretty much ends up being about half the price of anything else because of the fact that you mix it because it's a concentrate. Uh, so the person can actually decide. Everybody likes control, you know. Yeah. And uh, what this, this gives the... The, the, the customer, the, the user, control over how long it's going to last. Mm-hmm. If they mix a little bit in there, it'll last a couple of weeks. If they mix a whole bunch, it can last for three to six months uh-huh. and still remain effective. Yeah. So it it's really is a wonderful product. It's right on our website, of course. And uh, it's, it's, 
that's exactly what I use, and we we ship a lot of it around the country. Yeah. Okay. Right. Well, well, Lyme is not the only disease that ticks carry, right? Oh no, that's just one of them. Lyme is one. They can carry uh, obesiosis or leukiosis, tularemia, Rocky Mountain spotted fever, and down in the southern east eastern parts of the country, you know, like uh, Virginia, North Carolina, South Carolina, and, and uh, Georgia, there's this uh, uh, disease you could get. It's called Alpha Gal syndrome, and hmm. Hunters don't want to hear this because we don't have it much in our area. But it's you get allergic to red meat pretty much almost for the rest of your oh, life. I have heard of that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and that's uh, no fun for for us hunters. We all like meat, and I uh, can't imagine not being able to have meat for that long. Yeah. Well, so okay. How do you how do you know? I mean, I, there's the old bullseye rash uh, clue from from deer ticks. Um, but are there other clues that you might have been bitten and might have, uh, might have, what symptoms do, do people typically have? Thanks for asking that. That's very important because, yeah, if somebody, I tell people, if you get bit by a tick, sometimes you don't even know you get bit because yeah. sometimes the ticks are so small. Yeah. That's why prevention is so important and protection. But if you get uh, bit, let's say, in the spring and you have your achy joints, flu-like symptoms, if you notice where you got bit and it, and it reacts really bad, maybe not necessarily a bullseye rash, but even I've, I've heard other people get rashes on other parts of their body, maybe where the tick didn't even bite. Uh, I had a little uh, niece that uh, had little splotches, little circles, pretty much all over her body, her mom told me. Uh, so it's just kind of feeling crappy. Uh, I mean, people can get kind of Bell's palsy sometimes on their face, where their face kind of hangs. You know, neurological brain fog issues. Mm-hmm. Uh, so a variety of different things. Uh, so uh, that's those are some things to think about this time of year. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, and I tell people if you get something like that, especially if you see where the bite was, and then you do have a bad uh, reaction to it, do not hesitate seeing the doctor. Uh, most of the your audience, I think, is, is in the upper Midwest here, so yep. most of our doctors are uh, a little more familiar with it yep. and a lot of times they they will they will treat that uh, those symptoms uh with with some antibiotics in a lot of cases and that's wonderful that's it, it's all about early detection early treatment uh-huh. i can't stress that enough that's yep. so important because you, you don't want to let it get away from it absolutely sure. and i know there are a, a variety of, of treatments uh there's a couple books out on uh, natural treatments for for lyme disease too and you and I are not yep. doctors, and we're not about to prescribe something, but uh, people should talk to their um, the, the health specialist they feel confident working with to uh, to uh, learn what exactly. they should do yep. if they get bit. Well, uh, before we let you go, I understand you've got a poem you've written about ticks? Yeah, it's the only poem I've probably written about ticks. It goes like this. I hate them little suckers. I want to terminate them all. So I do a permethrin and love to watch them fall. From head to toe, I spray this stuff. My shoe, socks, clothes, and hat, because it works on more than ticks, like skeeters, chiggers, and even gnats. So I ask you, if you're listening, to keep away from Lyme, get started with permethrin, and now is the perfect time. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Yeah, that was cute and very, very uh, uh, instructive as well. It's all right there in a in in a little poem. It's all right there. Yeah. So thanks so yep. much for sharing, Brian, and uh, we will wish you uh, luck this spring. Stay uh, stay in the woods and uh, make sure you got the permethrin on, and you don't get the uh, tick bites, and uh, deal with them if you do. So thanks so much. Thanks for having me, Dan. You bet, Brian Anderson. The Tick Terminator, his website is thetickterminator.com. I'm Dan Small. You are listening to Outdoors Radio. Castle Rock and Petenwell are two of Wisconsin's largest inland lakes. With more than 60 square miles of water, they offer four seasons of outdoor fun. Halfway between the Twin Cities and Chicago, and just minutes from Wisconsin Rapids and the Dells, you'll enjoy family-friendly resorts and campgrounds, great fishing, bike trails, county, state, and national parks, and the Nasita National Wildlife Refuge. Learn more at castlerock-pedenwell.com or on Facebook at Castle Rock Pedenwell Lakes Association. 
Get outside and let us be your guide. Lawrence County, Wisconsin. Are you looking for a safe Northwoods destination for outdoor recreation? Florence County has over 200,000 acres of uncrowded public land with 160 miles of wooded ATV trails, many lakes and rivers to fish or paddle, seven wild river waterfalls to hike to, horse trails with campgrounds, and friendly bars and restaurants. Go to the ExploreFlorenceCounty.com lodging, dining, and recreation tabs to plan your trip. April showers bring new Rapala rain gear. Hey, I'm Tony Roach with Rapala. When I'm on the water, I wear my Rapala rain gear and I say, let it rain. Just in time for spring, we're teaming up with the Outdoor News to give away the best rain gear in the industry. Between now and the end of April, you can win a full set of Rapala rain or Rapala rain pro gear. We will give away four full sets per week in April. To enter, just click on the contest tab at OutdoorNews.com. The Midwest's largest fishing website, Lake-Link.com, is your online fishing resource. 90% of Lake Link's features are yours to use free of charge. And members get access to Lake Link's online lake map library. lets you get GPS coordinates of any spot on the lake and export waypoints to your onboard electronics. Members also get free outdoor classified ads, discounts on online store merchandise, and a whole lot more. You can also listen to Outdoors Radio 24-7 on Lake Link. Listen to this week's show, catch any of our past shows, subscribe to our podcast, or even sign up for our weekly e-newsletter so you'll know in advance what's coming up right here. Just type in the keyword radio. See what you've been missing. Log on to lake-link.com today. That's lake-link.com. Welcome back to your source for the latest hunting and fishing information. Outdoors Radio with Dan Small. Thanks again for joining us on Outdoors Radio this week. I'm Jeff Kelm. We're brought to you by Cedar Lake Sales on Highway 33 West in West Bend on the web at cedarlakesales.com. And they're offering free U.S. Coast Guard vessel checks on April 30th. So uh, get your... Uh, Boat inspected, make sure it's safe and ready to go. Check their website and Facebook page for details. Uh, we're also brought to you by Remy Battery, family owned and operated since 1931, serving Milwaukee, Escanaba, and Houghton. Let's start something. RemyBattery.com. By the Wisconsin Wildlife Federation, grassroots hunting and angling conservationists dedicated to the future of fish, wildlife, clean water, and healthy habitat. WIWF.org. And by the, uh, the Castle Rock Pete and Well Lakes Association, 60 square miles of fun on the water, castlerock-petenwell.com. Well, if you missed our TV show, or if it's not airing in your area now, you can still watch past episodes. I'm talking about Outdoor Wisconsin. You can find it online at milwaukeepbs.org. And Deer Hunt Wisconsin and all those um, past years, uh, Deer Hunt shows are uh, archived on the Deer Hunt Wisconsin YouTube channel. Our radio show is online all the time at lake-link.com. Go to their outdoor radio page, and you can download this show and past shows. You can follow Dan throughout the week at Dan Small Outdoors, and you can follow me at Hardwater Jeff. We've got a couple calendar items this week. The DNR reminds us spring is wildfire season. We've had some recent rains, but much of Wisconsin is still dry with drought conditions. And up north, uh, the snow is melting, and last month's ice storm left a lot of pine branches and other debris that can help fires spread quickly and get out of control. So for information on how to prevent wildfires, uh, you know what to do. Go to the DNR website, keywords, wildfires. And there's a neat feature on wildfires in the current issue of Wisconsin Natural Resources magazine. Spring is also bear awareness time. You can find info on how to uh, avoid putting bears in a situation where they might have to be euthanized um, by, you know, hiding all the food and making sure your bird feeders are out of reach and uh, garbage cans are secure and all that kind of good stuff. So um, check that out. Again, the DNR website, uh, dnr.wi.gov. And if you have any items for the calendar, you can email us at dsoradio at gmail.com. Our theme music is by Warren Nelson. You can hear more of his tunes at warrennelson.com. I'm Dan Small. I'm here with Jeff Kelm. Get outside this weekend, and remember, this is Youth Turkey Hunt Weekend, as well as Easter Weekend. So if you're out on public land, keep an eye open for turkey hunters, and remember, they have every right to use public land just as you do. So make sure you uh, give them the courtesy of letting them uh, letting them hunt. Try to get a kid 
his or her first turkey. And be sure to join us next week for Outdoors Radio. The blue north wind I'll be trolling home to you When my wrist gets a little chilly On the gunnel When my lazy Ike is just too lazy to lure When the worms go dry In the coffee can, honey I'll be true